You, you both, both sound like maybe you liked Epcot from the beginning. I will be honest. I did not. Uh, the first time we went to Epcot, it was me and my husband and our two little boys. And it was boring and it was stupid. And I couldn't believe this was part of Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was literally the things that came out of my mouth. Um, I just, I didn't Patty, get I it. I thought we were going to be friends. <laughs> I came around. I things have changed. I promise you. Uh, that was that was. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all! Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. And uh, we are coming to you live from Epcot. Just kidding. <laughs> we are not. Sadly, we are all at our homes. But we are going to talk about Epcot today. You know, I'm into Disney in a big way. And that absolutely includes the Disney parks. I 1000% think that you can fangirl a Disney park because that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> I am really into Disney on a, on a whole lot of levels, but the parks are, you know, it's that happy place. And um, we're going to talk about it. We are breaking this into chunks and those chunks are pretty big in and of themselves. I mean, you can go all the way down to to the land or to even resorts or to restaurants if you really wanted to get super into Disney World uh, as a fandom. I would love to do that. However, i this isn't a, a Disney. This isn't a Disney podcast. It's going to have a lot of Disney in your life, but it's not. That's that's not my main focus here. So, uh, but I, I have to talk about it because it is such a big part of me, and uh, that's what we're going to do today. Is we are focusing on Epcot, and I have two lovely guests today, Lisa and Teresa, who kind of feel the same way about Epcot that I do. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's real, it's, it's a lot, it's funny. I, when I look at the four Disney parks at Disney world and somebody says, pick your favorite, I, I, I want to say I can't, they're all like my children. I don't have favorite, but I do. I have favorites and my two favorites are magic kingdom and Epcot. So this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> All right, so you will probably recognize Teresa from a few of uh, the other shows. I've had her on a couple of times, and uh, she's been on with Veronica Mars and D23 Expo. So, Teresa, I'm so happy to have you back. Yes, I'm very excited to be here to talk about my favorite park, which is Epcot. Um, so, like I said, I've been on the Veronica Mars and D23 Expo podcast. So, if you have not checked those out yet, I obviously highly recommend that you do. Um, my other fandoms outside of that are, I love all of the Mike Schur shows, particularly Parks and Rec and The Good Place, um, really any of the coming of age movies from the late 90s and early 2000s, and Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> They're all pretty fantastic things. I could talk extensively about each okay, of them. Okay, slow down. I'm, I'm making my notes of, of, of upcoming shows, um, Teresa, because <laughs> we got to cover all of those things. Snack food. <laughs> well, yes. I think we have a friend or two that we can bring in on that snack food one. Uh, yeah, so there's Teresa. And Teresa, where can people find you online? So you can find me. I have my blog, insightfullife.com. I'm also on Instagram at insightfullife and primarily on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. Yes, she is my, uh, Teresa is is my Twitter girl. She is the person that I fangirled on Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> years ago. And turned out so it wonderful. Did, it did. Look, look where it got us. It got us to Epcot discussions on a podcast. <laughs> and isn't that what you always want in a friendship? Always, always. Um, we also have Lisa on the show with us. Now, uh, Lisa is a new friend to me, but she knows Teresa and she comes highly recommended. So hi, Lisa. Uh, welcome to the No, no Guilt Fangirls. And uh, she loves Epcot too. So yay, right? Yes. It's a small understatement. Uh, <laughs> all right see this is what we need passionate fangirls to talk about the things that they love that is the that is the whole purpose of this space uh lisa denoto please tell us a little bit about yourself and where people can find you on social media so um i am a recovering attorney i was in big law on wall street and outside dc for a million years um and we escaped that. I escaped that a few years ago and have been kind of like rewriting life from scratch. Um, and as a part of that, um, I, I'm a distance runner. I do, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fangirl of Run Disney, um, you know, and distance running events in general. Um, and, and grew up with Disney and reconnected with it in my adulthood. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, but, um, kind of reconnected with Disney, fell in love with the area. Um, and, and as a part of this whole, like, rewriting from scratch of our lives. Um, my husband and I and our two children and our great Dane and our ragdolls um, have relocated down to um, Windermere, Florida. I actually live 1.2 miles as the crow flies from Cinderella Castle. Um, you can actually hear the water pageant like in my bedroom at night. So I love it. <laughs> very, very close. And um, yeah, Epcot is sort of the, Epcot is the heart of it for me. Again, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, but um it was the thing that it was the place that I wanted to make a part of my regular day. Um, when I used to daydream about living down here, if that makes sense, like I wanted to like mm -hmm. drop my kids off at school and go grocery shopping and then go to Epcot for lunch. Um, and that's sort of one of my taglines. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's home for me in a big, big way. Um, so as far as my fandoms, um, I also enjoy Rice Krispies treats. Um, but <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm, it brings everybody together. It's a, it's a great thing. And every time I eat one, I like, I'm like, I don't, I always forget how good these are. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I'm a distance runner and I'm a huge run Disney fangirl. I do every event on property. Um, and I also dig photography, um, in a big way and have been sort of developing that skill. Um, and that's that's about the extent of what I have time for um, with the boys. <laughs> um, and you can find me. I have um, a blog called thecastlerun.com where I sort of document this rewriting of life and being a Disney local and run Disney and all that good stuff. And I'm also on Instagram heavily um, as the castle runner. Um, and I also have a page and group on Facebook um, under the castle run as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I just met you, but I love you already, Lisa, because <laughs> everything you said basically is like speaking to my soul. Also, huge run Disney fangirl over here. I'm over the long distance crap, but the rest of it, I'm right on board. I'm, I'm there to hold the sign and to cheer people on uh, with the long distance stuff at this point because I just, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm part of the cheer squad. I'm, I am <laughs> very much of the opinion that cheering a marathon is much harder than running a marathon. Like I, I will tell you what, I will tell you what I, I have. Yeah. I have cheered, uh, the last, I think two or three, it must be two. Cause I ran the marathon in 2016 and then I've cheered 17 and 18 
No, 17, 18, 19, 17. Okay, so it's the last three. And uh, it's it's long and hard and exhausting. And that's what she said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. But it's, it's so amazing to watch the runners. That's, that is my favorite part. I honestly, even if I was in shape and had desire to run a marathon again, <laughs> I would have a hard time giving up the cheer aspect because it really does it means so much to see everybody putting it out there and put, giving it their all. And of course at Disney, it's also got that added element with all the, all of the costumes and all the fun signs and you're just on Disney property and yep. everyone's sparkling pixie dust. And it's just so cool. But all right, that's for another day. We will, we will come back to <laughs> fangirl run Disney another time. I keep saying that it hasn't happened yet. I got to make it happen, but it's going to happen. Because that is such a big part of my life as well, too. But we are going to talk about Epcot today, uh, which, you know, is about to actually, well, it's currently undergoing some big changes and some big stuff, I think, is in the pipe. And we'll get to some of that in a moment. I know since Lisa's local, you know, she's got more boots on the ground. She can tell us a little bit about some of the things that she's noticed since she's watching, because I assume you are watching that Guardians roller coaster being built. Yes. Ah! I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I'm going to block my ah, ears for this. Teresa, Teresa, we'll, we'll get She's to your scared. reasoning in, in just scared. a little bit. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, for, for me, it's it's funny that you, you you guys both sound like maybe you liked Epcot from the beginning. I will be honest. I did not. Uh, the first time we went to Epcot, it was me and my husband and our two little boys. And it was boring and it was stupid and I couldn't believe this was part of Disney World. Yeah, yeah, that was that was literally the things that came out of my mouth. Um, I just I didn't Patty, get it. I thought we were going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I came around. Uh, things have changed. I promise you. Uh, that was that was back in two thousand and uh, probably two thousand and four when I had those thoughts. Uh, so obviously, some time has passed. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I, I didn't get it. And and uh, for a long time, I even told people if you have little kids like don't even bother with Epcot like stay away yeah I know so misguided there's so much there really is a lot to do there and it's now it is it's my second favorite park it's the place I want to go after after I get my fill at Magic Kingdom I'm all about hanging out in Epcot Uh, I haven't even I haven't even done like half the countries and I've been to Epcot more times than I can count but there's just so much to do that you just that yeah, I was really just woefully uh, misrepresenting my my the, the knowledge that was there, uh, you know, when it came to this park. So things have changed. Things have changed. So how about each of you? Do you remember the first time you went to Epcot and what your feelings were? So I know for me, my first family trip to Disney was in 1990, and you know, I think the the late 80s were peak Epcot. <laughs> and my favorite souvenir from that trip, which I still have, was my Walt Disney World pictorial souvenir. I do have some some fuzzy memories of actually being at Epcot, primarily of the the top floor of Imageworks, which had, you know, the Dreamfinder School of Drama <laughs> and the amazing the Rainbow Tunnel, which everybody remembers. <laughs> but when we got home and I had this this pictorial souvenir, I would flip through it and the pages I always focused on were the Epcot pages. I love seeing looking through and seeing horizons and world of motion the the living seas pavilion the old iteration of it and i just want to say it was in 2008 
that was my second trip back to Disney. So I had a big 18 year gap and I had one day at Disney on that trip and I was immediately hooked again. I was like, I need to get back here. So we came back uh, the following year and we did all the parks. Um, that was during food and wine festival. And I felt like that was when I really got immersed in the, the current, like what Epcot mm-hmm. was now. And it's, I, I'm just happy. It's always the first place I want to go to every time I'm back in Florida, which luckily has been pretty frequently lately. What about you, Lisa? So um, my first family trip to Disney was the summer of 1982. Wonk, wonk. Um, uh, (laughs) If any of you know your dates, you know that I missed the opening of Epcot on that trip by two months. Um, But it it was, it is kind of cool. I mean, I I was four. I have no memory of it. other than like looking back on pictures now, but um, it is cool to know that like I was there while they were finishing building it. And then we would do, we went back pretty much every year um, when I was a little girl um, after that trip. And again, like I was very young, like probably too young to have like very specific memories of events there. But my, er some of my earliest memories, period, not just earliest memories of Disney, but earliest memories, period, are being in Horizons and turning the bend and smelling oranges, um, <laughs> which I, you know, I mean, that's just one of my formative childhood memories um, to this day <laughs> when I smell oranges. I think I'm there. Um, and being in the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. And it's funny. I mean, it's still very cool when you go and you look up and it still kind of has that feeling. But when you're a child in Mexico Pavilion, and I love going there with my kids now because I know they're seeing it through those eyes, it feels vast. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like open air space and like the way that they sort of move the air in that room and, you know, the sort of night sky up above you as a child in that space, it really does feel like you're in a marketplace in in the evening outdoors. Um, So it's, it's memories like that. I think that are just sort of the like quiet place type Disney memories um, that, that drew me in again when I was an adult. And um, like I said, I mean, they're, they're not just some of my earliest Disney memories or some of my earliest memories, period. Um, so, so yeah, just, just as a little girl and being there and like the fiber optics and spaceship earth and you know, all that good stuff. So all good yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Stuff. Definitely. So what is it now as adults, uh, that, that specifically draws you into Epcot that makes you want to go back or make it your first stop or <laughs> make it your lunchtime routine? Um, what, what <laughs> is it about, uh, about Epcot that, that you think, you know, is so special, uh, that 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 just makes you i don't know it just makes you want to hang out there so for me it's just the piece of being a local like particularly as being a local i think it's it's sort of the park that warrants the daytime visit or the you know the quick stop in you know as frequently as it does i mean walking into magic kingdom is very grand and you know you turn the corner and you see the castle and it's you know you're surrounded by people seeing it for the first time and it's all amazing and and I do love like just sort of sitting on main street with a popcorn and sort of watching people watching the people go by but but otherwise I mean that and um you know studios and I have a soft spot for animal kingdom <laughs> so I'm not going to go there but um but it it's the park that isn't so much about being on vacation to me as just sort of being present in a moment and taking it in and sort of enjoying the little details and sort of sitting in that corner table in Morocco with my food from Tangerine Cafe or at the Koi Pond in Katsura at Katsura Grill at the Japan Pavilion. There's just, there's so many sort of quiet moments. I mean, there, there's, there are fun rides and there's cool things for my kids to do, but like, as far as like a repeat performer in a place that just can be sort of quietly enjoyed on a day-to-day basis for an hour here or 30 minutes there, 
Um, and also just how much it changes over the course of the year. There's, you know, now there's festivals starting, you know, mid-August and then going through um, end of May, beginning of June. So it really is the park that I think, you know, not just big changes happening because they're building a ride, but, you know, over the course of each and every year, there's just so much to experience differently in the park um, that particularly as a local, I think really draws you in because, it's not like you're going back to the same place a month later. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to sound a little bit like I'm echoing Lisa, but um, for me, you know, it's it's the atmosphere that's there. If you were to ask me, you know, my top three things of that I love about Disney World, period, I would say that number two is probably the mm-hmm. background music in Future World. <laughs> I could sit there and you know, right in the Interventions Plaza, sit and watch the Fountain of Nations just for an afternoon and just be at peace. And, you know, you mentioned it's what makes it the park you want to hang out in. And that is, that's the place where when I'm in town and I want to get together with some friends who are local, Epcot's the place I'm going to suggest that we go just because it's a good time to connect with other people. You don't have to Mm -hmm. feel like you're rushing from one place to another. I think it's a park that really you enjoy it that much more when you're just taking the time and being a part of the experience versus feeling like you have to check off all of these boxes and things that you have to see and do. And you can, it's very easy to just walk around and discover things that you might not have noticed before just because you took a slightly different path. And, you know, I know not everybody is a fan of the festival. Some people feel like they happen too often, but I, I love how everyone has a special aspect to it that just enhances the park. I love how it looks during Flower and Garden. I love the experiences that they bring, all of the interactivity during Festival of the Arts. And obviously, you know, food and wine, I love to eat. So there's always any time of the year that I'm there, there's something special that I can do. There's something unique. And it's just a place that I feel like I can go hang out with my friends, hang out by myself. And I know I will always have a good time. You know, it, 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 just listening to you guys talk about that, I think that, you know, part of my love of the Disney stuff is I, I am an attractions girl. And I think that's why I was dragging my feet so much about Epcot. Epcot was pretty much the place that I would go to get my margaritas. <laughs> uh, still is, still is. That has not changed. But that was the big draw for me was to go and walk around World Showcase. Well, well, I would walk to Mexico and then walk from Mexico <laughs> to Germany and then back to Mexico again because, you know, you had to go back for your next margarita. Uh, so I can't even say, it, you know, it took me a while <laughs> to get all the way around. But um, Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> confessions, I mean, I'm just saying uh, <laughs> I need two Mexicos. Can we have one on each? <laughs> We need to we need to do something here, people. Uh, anyway, but but that was kind of my thing is that, and that's why I don't I don't want to say I avoided it, but it just wasn't my for like first on my list because I I as I've gotten older, I've actually become a little bit more of a thrill seeker and thrill junkie, and so I wanted to ride all of the the rides and and all of that stuff. And Epcot just doesn't have a lot of that there. Now, what they do have is special. It's different. It's very unique. Um, I really love Soren. I enjoy Test Track. Uh, I actually am probably one of the three people that like Mission Space. I know <laughs> most, most people don't, but uh, I will tell you that the first time I ever rode it was after like three margaritas. 
And uh, that was an experience, <laughs> but it was, but I, but I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I, I do appreciate a lot of those touches and the, 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 how it's trying to be something different. And, and I do love that about Epcot, but as I've gotten older, I've also been able to embrace and really enjoy like these festivals and all the different aspects of the different things that they're trying to do, particularly when it comes to world showcase and how they're really focusing you know, all the different cultural cultures and uh, experiences that you can have there. I, I, I appreciate that now. I mean, I, I joke, my, my family will probably never get to Europe because there's too many of us and we're too expensive to get there, but I will show my kids the world <laughs> by taking them to Epcot and hitting up all of the, uh, all the world showcase. So yeah. <laughs> now do you, do either one of you have, I don't know, a, a special moment or, is something that really stands out that just when you think of Epcot, you can't help but think of this moment for you. Yes, I have a very distinct one um, that comes to mind. So a bit of background in the mid 2000s, Disney introduced something called the Living Character Initiative. And one of the first places they introduced that was in Epcot with the Muppet Mobile Labs. And this was Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew kind of traveling around on this little device and they would talk to the guests in Epcot. And it, was, it wasn't there very long. It went away for a while, but maybe three or four years ago, they brought it back for a period of time. And I was, it wasn't on a schedule. They wouldn't announce when it was happening. You just got lucky and it was there. And fortunately, I was there on a birthday trip and they, you know, it was, it was roaming through Future World and they asked for volunteers. And obviously I'm going to shoot up my hand because it's Muppets. Of course. And they picked me. And so it was, (laughs) it was a very short experience, but it's, they, I basically, I got to talk to a Muppet. Like, who gets to say that? (laughs) Who can say they had a full on several minute conversation with with some Muppets? Right. I I mean, life changing. That's, you know, my my inner child came out. It was everything I wanted it to be. And luckily, they also had a photo pass photographer nearby. So that entire experience was captured for me to have later. So I could look at it and say, oh, yeah, there's that that ridiculous smile. And (laughs) it's just goofy grin on my face the entire time. And I kept thinking, like, there is literally nowhere else in the world that something like this is going to happen other than in a Disney park and in my favorite place of Epcot. So it's whenever I think of, you know, magical moment, it's absolutely that one. What about you, Lisa? Yeah. So I think I'm just going to go back to run Disney here. And, um, you know, I think, you know, if you haven't run Disney before, I would encourage anybody who has a love for Disney in any way, shape or form. I don't care how old you are, what size you are, how in shape you are to go and experience at least one run Disney event, because it is such an incredibly unique way to experience the parks. Um, and a lot of the runs are really centered on Epcot. Most of the 5Ks take place in Epcot. The 10Ks sort of center on Epcot. Um, and the half marathons generally start and finish in Epcot. Um, and the marathon also finishes in Epcot. You sort of come in right before mile 25 um, and, and round out, you know, around Spaceship Earth to the finish line. Um, so for me, it's the, really the Run Disney events that, at least in my adult life, um, are my un- most unique and special experiences in Epcot. Um, in, you know, even in the 5Ks, like the, you're in the park pre-dawn, they've got the torches lit, music going, characters out and about. It's just an amazing experience. The same thing for the 10Ks. Um, but for the halves and the marathon, um, especially if you're running the dopey, you're basically running 
there's no feeling in the world like finishing those races and you're kind of coming around the bend around the fountain of nations and they're usually blaring something like i can go the distance that'll you know make you cry and oh. um, and then you're kind of makes me cry even without running yeah i like finishing the dopey like coming around fountain of nations where they're blaring i can go the distance like if you're not in tears i'm sorry like i don't know what to do. <laughs> um and then for the half marathons on the other weekends and then a marathon weekend for the marathon, as you're rounding that corner to exit backstage um, around Spaceship Earth, there's a full-on gospel choir. So, Patty, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. I think, like, a lot of people think that, you know, maybe they've passed on and <laughs> didn't realize it until that moment. Um, but it's just wild. It's just the coolest – it's just the coolest experience, like, to have the full-on gospel choir singing and you're, like, exiting around Spaceship Earth. It really um, – it's – yeah, it really is. That was the – when I did my first um, Princess Half, mm-hmm. um, I – signed up for it, you know, early because that's what you do. And then I got pregnant (laughs) and I did my first half marathon at like almost seven months pregnant, six and a half months pregnant. And so I knew about this gospel choir and all I cared about (laughs) was getting to that gospel choir. Like I wanted that moment. I needed that moment. Y'all, I walked up and they like sang out one song and wrapped it up. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I needed my moment. Like, where's my moment? That's okay. I went back multiple times for many run Disney races and I've had that moment. And yes, it's just as you described, it's, it's really, it's really um, important and impressive. And um, my, my, my Epcot moment also harkens back to the run Disney experience. And it was being told essentially right as I left Hollywood studios, I overheard a cast member there were these buses and they're the big scary buses and the buses for those of us in the back are the, you're going to get on and we're going to take you off the course buses. You don't want to get on those buses. Um, Those buses were parked there. And there was, as I was getting ready to go through the boardwalk and get over to Epcot, I saw a cast member talking, um, talking to a, a, a runner in front of me. And I was like overhearing things. I wasn't sure what I heard. I ran up to him. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you just say? What did you just say? And he said, he looked down at my bib and he looked up at my face and he said, Patty, you're going to finish your marathon today. You are free to go. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like I'm safe. I'm totally safe. He was like, yes, ma'am. From that moment on, for those last two miles through Epcot, I literally put on like the victory lap hat, okay? And I soaked every single second of it in, even though I just so desperately wanted to be done because I am very slow. I was way in the back and it was hot that day and I was just, I was ready to be done. But at the same time, that's what it was that getting to go all the way through the world showcase and spend all that time in Epcot with that music. As you mentioned, it's, uh, we, we had actually all the Epcot music back in the world showcase, but then when you, you know, get out towards the front, then you get to hear something different. But I, it was, it was, fa- it was fantastic. And I ended up, I, I remember coming around the corner and there was like two of my friends standing there uh, right in front of Morocco. And I was like, oh, are you guys already done? And they're like, no, oh. we've been waiting for you. We want to finish with you. And I like, <laughs> they'd been waiting for like an hour <laughs> for me to finally get to that point. But I mean, I had total tears. So I was like, ah. So uh, yeah. And then another friend sent her husband up ahead so that we could cross the finish line with, uh, <laughs> yes, you guessed it, margaritas. Because of course, if I was going to finish a marathon, it was going to be with a margarita from Epcot in my hand. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, Epcot has that tie for me as well. 
well. So much Run Disney, and then all of it there is centered around the whole <laughs> epicottiness of finishing these races or running through these races. So those that it's just it's just a really special place and special moments, um, you know, for for things like that. Now, do you guys have a one word? One word reaction to this park that sums it up for you. And you cannot use magical. Well, if I can't use magical, no, I'm only kidding. Um, for me, it's home. It's just home. It's It's been, it, it was the, it's, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that in a capital H cheesy Disney way that much. <laughs> <laughs> but like when we were sort of turning the wheels and, and thinking about moving here, the thing, the moments that were motivating it the most for me were the quiet sort of sitting still moments in Epcot. Like I'm I'm repeating myself a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. I have a table in Morocco. Like if you're, I hesitate to give it away, but (laughs) if you go to Tangerine Cafe, there's some tables outside. Well, if you keep walking, there's a little arch and there's a tiny table sort of just secluded from everything else in the world in this beautiful little space and I tend to take my food back there. And it's in places like that or by the Koi Panikasara where I would have these moments where I was just like sitting still and eating really good food and and just and just being in that place. And it wasn't because I was on a roller coaster or staring at a castle or, you know, exhausted with my children at some expensive, you know, character meal. It was just those like quiet moments where I was like, Yeah, like I want this to be my place. Like I want this to be like my day. Um and so, like, this whole move down here and this whole, like, crazy, like, up my family and, like, plant them a mile from the castle, like, situation that we're in right now is really inspired by, like, those moments that made me want to call Epcot home. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my word. Well, and- <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well and for me... My word, I was thinking about it and I kept coming back to its community, which I know is sort of cheating because it's in the full title of Epcot. <laughs> it's right there in the middle. Yeah. But I was thinking about it and it really fits. No, that's not a cheat. I think it totally fits. I totally, but I, it I fits, buy it. You know, especially how, you know, when I was talking about earlier, how I would like to change my word to prototype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I think about, you know, how I spend my time there, you know, that's that's where that's where I see my people. That's where I connect with my community. But if you also look at the park, what it represents and the the two components of it, you have World Showcase, which you know it gives you a glimpse into so many different cultures. And what I love so much about that are the the cast members, the cultural representatives that they have, and how powerful it is when you get to talk to them about their home countries. When you get to you know have them point out some of the aspects of what you know, what they would see at home, what is, what is authentic for them. Um, you know, how I love illuminations because the, you know, the entire script, all of the entire show is about how, how powerful we are when we come together collectively and you move into a future world and it shows the importance of nurturing all these different aspects of a community and how you can make that thrive. And I think especially for kids, you know, it gets them excited in thinking about ways they can contribute to make their own community better. And it's just, it all, it all sorts of comes together and, you know, just shows how well they thought when they were naming this park. You guys are so adorable. I love the Disney hearts. I'm like over here going, those are some really good answers. I uh, 
<laughs> I, I, I got nothing. Margaritas? That's my word? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we talked a little bit, or we, we mentioned changes. We haven't talked about these changes. And I know Teresa has mm. some strong feelings on this. Are you part, Teresa, are you part of Diz Twitter that like hates uh, all the current ways that Epcot um, has changed? Or are you accepting of them? I am very much a... There's very few things I get super spun up about, particularly when it comes to Disney, because I always hearken back to what Walt said, which was, you know, Disneyland was never meant to be complete. It will always be changing, you know, that that blah, 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 that he always says. Um, so in my heart, I know things will change. And for the most part, they end up being good changes. Now, there's some things uh, I don't love, um, and, and, and I frozen is that example, but on a very... Um, understandable, like I know where Disney's coming from. Of course they had to do that. Like it would have been, they had to do that, right? I I understand why they did it. They could have, I understand why they did it. I would appreciate it more if it was in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, no, and I get that too. I get that too. Like sticking it in, you know, it's a mythical country and they're putting it in a real one. Come on, guys. Uh, So yeah, no, I, I, I do understand that as well. But um, I just, I personally don't get super spun up. I'm more, I try to look at the glass half full and roll with the punches. Now there are things I, <laughs> I absolutely thought was crap. Like when they put, uh, the gift shopping in the theater at Disneyland, like that's sacred ground. Yeah. Y'all. Like don't mess with that. Like make a buck. That was a choice. Yeah. Make a <laughs> buck anywhere else you want. But there's some things where you just got to say, whoa. And I'm, I'm glad they did walk that back. So uh, that's the other thing too, is I do feel like like they try to listen to fandom to, to an extent. Um, not always. We don't always get our way. But uh, anyway. When I will say that, that touches on, I won't say that I hate all of the changes that are coming. Mm-hmm. I won't. There is, I, I do have my my quippy remark that it's Epcot. It's not IPCOT. So yeah. it's not, you know, yeah, it, it's not intellectual property community of tomorrow. So I, I don't. I don't love the shoehorning of characters into attractions in ways that don't make sense and in ways that they're, you know, when they're doing it strictly to make it more, bring more characters into the park. I am really not happy about the (laughs) Guardians attraction only because for two reasons. Well, I I don't really understand what it has to do with Future World. And (laughs) I feel really insulted that their explanation for it was because Peter Quill visited Epcot as a kid. I am like, it's don't don't do that. At least don't don't do that. (laughs) Um, And the other one that is just frustrates me so much is the beer garden that they're putting into Future World. Because like you were saying, that is I, I, that is just a money grab. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand what place it has there, why you would do that. When you have World Showcase and where they have these, you know, unique beers from around the world, where drinking around the world is a big thing for a lot of people. I, I don't understand why you have to put that into into future world where it is such a, a calmer area of the park well, so th- I, that's a choice i just i doesn't i i just don't understand that i am really excited as the, as the resident drunk i can tell you why <laughs> it's really really far back to Germany, dude she wants two mexicos i mean come on <laughs> I do want two Mexicans. No, and I and honestly, I, the funny, the funny thing, the truth, and this is this is the literal truth. I actually don't drink a lot. 
I only drink when I am on property. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's a, it's a very, I, I have something about needing to spend $16 on a margarita that is really odd. Um, but I, I don't really drink a lot, but I, I do like to have a drink at, uh, at, at, at Epcot. But anyway, that's kind of part of me was like, uh, they're just trying to like, I don't know. I can see that. Yes. As a money grab, but also as maybe a, um, way of, of spreading out traffic. I don't know. But don't call you know. it a beer garden because yeah. the, no, I, no, I, what that invokes in me is just not, it, that, ugh, that's, that's not we Disney. Feel, we can all feel what it invokes in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, and there are things, you know, I am really excited about. I think the space restaurant is going to be very cool. I think what they're yeah. doing with the play pavilion, I think that's an excellent way of, you know, not, I don't want to say secluding characters to a space, but I think that's a great way of they can test out a lot of different things in that space, you know, so mm-hmm. characters included. Um, I think I'm excited about some of the the rumored expansions coming into Future World that I feel like we've been waiting on announcements for a few years now. So there, mm-hmm. there are things coming that I think will work well. I am excited about. I, however, I feel I'm... I, uh, I'm not excited about all of them. And I'll just, <laughs> I feel like I've made my point. No, and I know you're, that's you're not fair. opposed to change. You're just, right. you know, you have an issue with, you know, some of the placement, so to speak. Yes. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, just, just for a little history here, like Teresa and I were sort of sitting next to each other <laughs> at the parks and resorts talk at, um, at D23 in 2017, um, you know, we, we all knew what was coming, but, you know, when things like Guardians were announced, you know, um, you know, I, I remember the moment it, they said it, you turned to me, you're like, I'm so sorry, but I'm excited. You know, I was like trying <laughs> to contain myself. Um, no, I mean, I, so I, I mean, but, but why was that exciting to you, Lisa? Why was that exciting to you? Is it because uh, you like Marvel, because you like a roller coaster, or was it like you can see the vision that they're doing, or well, all of the above? Like, what, what, what is it that made you that immediate? So, excitement? I mean, from a, you know, I, I'm not a purist. I'll, I'll own that. But you know, I do. I dig Marvel. I dig Marvel. Do I dig a good coaster? I dig a good coaster. Do I love? I believe the day of that panel, she was dressed as Gamora. It's also for context. Yes, I was dressed as Gamora, but I covered it up with a Dreamfinder T-shirt halfway through the day. Um, yes, that's right. But, <laughs> no, but that said, like I also, I understand where Teresa's coming from, and I feel it. I think I just have this immense trust in Disney and the degree to which they get their fan base and the way that they Mm -hmm. execute things. And I just have faith that it'll be done correctly. I mean, you can really, I mean, like you said, like I, I am physically here, you know, day to day and I am watching that building go up and it disappears into the horizon. Like it's, it's, you know, it's where universe of energy was. So it's sort of, you know, back right, you know, spaceship earth um, in future world. And when you look at it from world showcase, it really does sort of disappear um, into the, the, the way that they've done the building. It's a massive box and it's, a, it's an enclosed coaster. And the way that they've colored it, you know, Disney is a genius when it comes to paint color. When you look at it from afar, you really barely see the thing. Um, so it, it does disappear into the space. But I think like for me, I mean, do I love Marvel? I adore Marvel. I love a good coaster. I'm a huge thrill junkie. Um, but I also have two little boys who I want to love Disney as much as I do. 
you know, and so when I see them enjoying, you know, the new Fab Five shorts that people that are sort of in that Ren and Stimpy style um, that a lot of people hate so much, they love them. And so I love them. You know, mm-hmm. it's what's it's what's drawing mm-hmm. the new generation in. And so my little boys who love Marvel and love roller coasters, you know, they love Test Track and they love Epcot. I mean, they've got a mom who sort of knows how to take them around and show them the things that are going to draw <laughs> them in. But like, if we were just here on a family vacation and I wanted my little boys to fall in love with Epcot, like that coaster is going to be one of the things that draws them in. And so I think that like mm-hmm. the... I understand deeply like where people like Teresa are coming from as far as like getting cringy about some of the choices that are being made with the changes. But like that being said, like I want my kids to love Disney as much as I do. And if that means sort of incorporating IP in a smart way, because I do trust them, then I think that it's not a bad thing. Um, You know, and I think like, look at, um, you know, we don't know, you know, we don't know sort of what the long term sort of imagination pavilion plan is. Mm-hmm. But look at what they're doing with Figment. They're so smart. They're incorporating him. They know that he's beloved. You know, we're seeing him in the festivals. We're seeing him at the Festival of the Arts. You know, they're they're taking out illuminations. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Nobody loves illuminations <laughs> more than I do. I'm gonna be weeping at that. I'm going to be carried out true. that last show. <laughs> but I also get that it's- Oh my gosh. Bye. I hate illuminations. And Lisa's hanging out now. I'm doing deep breathing exercises right now. But also, like, <laughs> I, I kind of get it because I watch illuminations now in the park, like, from almost a protective standpoint. Like, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's around, been around mm-hmm. for 20 years. You know, the technology is, you know, somewhat outdated. I can own that. I can, Mm -hmm. you know, and if somebody is sort of coming into the parks for the very first time and has just seen Happily Ever After and then comes to Epcot to see their nighttime spectacular, like I'm looking around me like, love it, please love it. But I, but I just, right. I know Mm -hmm. it's time. And like the fact that Disney is replacing temporarily replacing Illuminations with Epcot Forever, which is a show completely dedicated to extinct attractions. Just Yes, I'm, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> and, and that's the kind of thing, like like things like featuring Figment as heavily as they are, or like doing this Epcot Forever show, which is completely dedicated to like nostalgic Disney. It just shows me like they're so smart. You know, they understand like the people that they're taking illuminations from who really care are excited about what's coming the next night because they're the same people who love like all the old extinct attractions. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, I just see the way that they're implementing the changes that they're implementing. And I think it's so smart and, you know, Peter Quill visited Epcot. I mean, okay. Like it's a little cheesy and like, I can feel your like vitriol when you're saying that, but I'm just curious to see how it's implemented because I just think they're so smart with their fan base and sort of finding that delicate balance between catering to their long-term sort of nostalgia loving community and providing like a state of the art experience to somebody who's never been here before and just paid over a hundred dollars for their park ticket. Um, so I say, I, I think it's so funny that Teresa has such strong feelings about Peter Quill coming to Epcot where to me, I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. Like, <laughs> that will be a 
So I, I totally bought it. I was like, I can see how um, they could take this as part of the story and wrap us and bring us in. So I know I had different, different, different uh, strokes for different folks. I guess I don't know, but I did. But I, I, I just think it's going like to I think it's going to be an interesting way, and and also uh, you know I do come from my heart of hearts is is all things Marvel and Disney World. We just can't do a whole lot of Marvel, and so mm-hmm. anything right, that I can get, you know, I'm going to jump on board regardless of whatever it is. Especially if you're giving me a roller coaster on top of that, like I'm a thousand percent in. Look at what Disneyland did with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. That is such a brilliant ride, such a brilliant reimagining, such a fantastic way of doing it. Even people that were so mad and so angry that Tower Terror was going, which I get, like I, I do understand that history and the feelings that that ride brings to you. Um, but what they were able to turn that into, it just is freaking mind blowing. And so I just have super high hopes that just like Lisa, you know, in Disney, I trust to an extent. Um, I think they are smart. I think they are going to come up with something uh, that that is going to fit better than the information they've given us thus far, because that is one thing they do keep a lot of stuff um, close to the chest, no matter what some of these fan sites want to no breaking news. Uh, <laughs> Fans yeah, uh, for the most part, and I and I say that because I used to do that with Ren Disney all the time. I used to like to break news for them, and they love me for that. Anyway, uh, I don't. I don't do that anymore. I've grown up. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, point being, I I do think that these changes. I, I don't know. Again, I, I look at Epcot as a, you know future, right? And it's, it's it's something that should always change for me. Epcot should absolutely always change, and these outdated things absolutely should be updated with care, with understanding, with plenty of time. I mean, they announced a long time ago, Illuminations was going to go away for those that that really, Mm -hmm. you know, needed to see it 17,000 more times before it did. And I think that, you know, at least they're not just yanking it out from underneath you, you know, one day it's here, the next day it's gone. Like sometimes Disney will also do that. So, uh, you know, I I think that they're, they're handling Epcot as well as possible, but I do also believe that it was time for a lot of these big changes and I'm excited about, um, you know, what's to come, um, and, uh, you know, what we're going to see. Do you guys have any, uh, one quick tip that you would give to somebody who's visiting Epcot for the first time? If there's any, you know, hidden thing or small experience that you really want them to, to experience and, and take part in or, you know, it can even be a big thing, but you know, just what, what's the one thing that comes to mind that you would tell a first timer who's going to Epcot? So I know it's really, really hard to tell someone this when it's sort of their trip of trip of a lifetime, make every moment count, plan it down to the last second type experience. And I, I get that. I'm very type A. I used to plan my trips too. But I think it's the one park where I would just encourage you to kind of like put your app away, put your itinerary in your pocket. And just kind of let yourself explore and enjoy um, and like do kind of seek out, you know, those little places that I've talked about, like the Koi Pond at Kats, you know, at Katsura or the little chill spots in Morocco. Don't miss the Voices of Liberty, please, at the American Adventure and then go see the film. It's wonderful. 
Um, you know, and if you happen to be there, you know, happen to be, you know, like I said, you know, from, you know, late August until late May, early June, now there's a different festival every few months. So like, check out which festival Mm -hmm. is going to be happening while you're there, whether it's food and wine or festival of the holidays or festival of the arts or um, flower and garden kind of check out like what's going to be happening at the time that you're there. Like a lot of those festivals have really, really amazing either concert series. There's like the candlelight procession, processional, which is amazing um, during festival of the holidays kind of check out like what's doing at the festival. That's going to be happening if you know if there is a festival happening while you're there and make sure that you make time for that because just sort of exploring those festivals is, you know, a, an event in itself. If you're on the dining plan, like a lot of the really great food items or snack credits, um, you know, for example, Festival of the Holidays, there's like a version of that country's sort of Santa Claus or you know, the Durham Avenger at Japan that does their shows during Festival of the Holidays. I'm, I'm rambling, but you know, the, the, the gist of it is just like explore sort of before you go what what festival is happening while you're going to be there and what they offer. Um, and then don't miss kind of the little um, hideaway spots in world showcase, whether it's to see the voices of Liberty, which is pretty much considered to be the best acapella group in the country. Um, you know, singing at the America pavilion, American adventure and the film, the film there, there's films in France and China and Canada um, and different performers throughout all the countries. Um, so just kind of you know, like stick your phone in your pocket, stick your itinerary in your pocket and just let yourself explore. Um, that's the gist of it for me. And ride test track. <laughs> <laughs> well, and mine's pretty similar. It's, and Patty, I'm also laughing that you say for a first timer, because you yourself admit <laughs> having not gone very far I past didn't. Mexico, is that, you know, really walk into the pavilions. I wonder how many people know that there's a waterfall in the mm-hmm. Canada pavilion. It's, you know, it's on your way. I guess you would go to it if you're on the way out of the, the Circle Vision film. But you can also, without, if you don't want to watch the film, you can just wander back there. You can wander through the gardens. There's, I think, some of these walking paths are former smoking <laughs> areas, which now that that's not allowed in the parks makes them nice little secluded areas. And you just need to, you know, need to stop in the shade. Just want to kind of, you know, have a nice, you know, just spot time away from the crowds. Uh, but there's, there's so many just little details that you would miss. Like Leah said, if you're, if you're quickly running from one thing to another, if you're on your phone, if you're not just taking the time to be present, I think it's, Epcot is a park that you do get so much more out of when you're there just really noticing all of your surroundings. And so I think it's important to really walk through all of the pavilions, discover what's not just on the surface as you're walking by and admiring the architecture, what what is really And I think that's inside. one of the reasons why it's so easy to not like Epcot if you're going in as a first time or just as a vacationer, because if all you're doing is like looking at the list of rides, attractions on your app and, you know, seeing like what the next thrill ride is, then you're going to think the park sucks because there's not that much there on that list. It's more about sort of a place to explore and see and eat and drink and see shows and, you know, and there are good rides there, but, um, you know, if, if you're sort of reliant on your app and you're like type A vacation planning experience, then you're probably not going to appreciate that part. Yeah. And that, that was definitely me. This is even before apps were a thing, uh, you know, up until probably the last two or three years. And that's really when I started kicking it in and spending a lot more time in Disney. But I used to live in Orlando. And even then I would walk in 
And I was like, oh, why did we do that? Can we park up? You know, I mean, it just, it was not, it was not my place because I wanted to do, do, do. Well, you can still do, 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 but you're going to do things just in a very different way at Epcot than you are at these other parks. And, um, you know, for, for first timers that are going, I like to tell them is Epcot can be the most magical place on earth uh, or not, <laughs> all depending on your attitude and what it is that you hope to get out of it. And I, I love those tips as far as, you know, go, getting back into the pavilions because that is very true. It wasn't, Teresa, and it wasn't until I started really traveling to Disney World with uh, our friend Tanya, who has this uh, huge desire to eat all the snacks that I even knew half of those places had more in the in the back. Like France, I never went in and bought any food in France. And, and you two both are going, what? Like I saw, you know, I, I stood out and I took the picture out up front, you know, with the fountain, with the with the Eiffel Tower, you know, but I never really walked back in there. And same thing with Japan, same thing with um, Morocco. Like I just never, you know, took those experiences in until recently. And I've been going to Disney World since 2003 consistently. So that just tells you people that when people say you need at least a week to do everything at Disney, well, that's a big fat lie. You need like 15, 20 years to do everything at Disney. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, there. this is why it never gets old. This is why I fangirl the entire resort so hard is because I, I am, I am always finding something new and something exciting and something different to learn, to see, to do. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what Epcot, Epcot is is ripe for that, and uh, you know, it, it, put down the margarita and, <laughs> and keep walking, and uh, you know, you can really, really enjoy it there. Uh, well, I really do, I really do appreciate you guys coming on and having these discussions with me. It's it was a lot of fun to talk about Epcot with y'all, and uh, we're gonna just go ahead and wrap this up. I had um, such a great time fighting with Teresa about how she's wrong about Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to say I, I do agree with what Lisa was saying that I I trust the Imagineers to put their heart into it, to make it a good experience. I'm still going to write it. I'm sure I'm still going to have fun. I'm not going to like where it is, but that's not going, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who's going to boycott it because of that. I think it's still in, in ways it will add to the park, even if I wish it Added I get more. it. I get it. I get it's it. It's in the corner. It's in the back corner. <laughs> well, like I said, and, I mean, <laughs> universal energy. Oh, Ellen's, Ellen's energy adventure needed an update. I'm not going to say that. Oh, that. I, I love the dinosaurs. I love. I love the dinosaurs. They were. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, Ellen and Bill Nye were around long enough to come back into style again. <laughs> That's. They were. Yes. So I'm. Yeah, I think I trust them. I think they will. They will do a great job with the attraction. It is going to be an amazing attraction. I can still I, I, want more. Fair. That's totally, totally fair. All right. Well, this particular fangirling topic is part of the We're Disney People, What Do You Mean There's Other Vacations series. And be sure that you check out the other parks as well. Um, I'm starting off with all of Walt Disney World, but don't you worry, Disneyland folks. We're covering those as well because that... Well, don't tell Disney World, but that's really what I love the most. Uh, so we're gonna go. We're gonna get some fangirling of Disneyland happening and, and Disney California Adventure as well. Uh, and and I actually have somebody who wants to come and tell me she went on the ultimate 
Disney road trip. She went to all the Disney parks and she has a favorite. She has a favorite and it's not in the U.S. So she's going to come on and have that discussion too. So there's a lot more Disney parks content coming out over the next couple of months. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit those five stars. It helps other fangirls find us. And nobody likes to fangirl alone. And uh, don't forget, guys, every Monday, I bring the Monday Monday Movie Minute. And every Thursday, you're going to get a show just like this where we talk about one topic with a guest or two. And we just let our geek flag fly over how excited we are about whatever that may be. Uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us today in Epcot on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. And we hope you'll come back to Fangirl with us again real soon. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Teresa. Bye. Thanks, Patty. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.